Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Simulation. Written by Daniel Wilcox. Narrated by Harry Dobby. Sarah stared numbly out the window. The sun was shining, as it always did in paradise, and she was greeted with the usual litter of houses springing up as if from nowhere. Construction, construction, she thought to herself. There's always something going up these days. She brought the piping coffee to her lips and sipped, her eyes trailing down her immaculately kept garden. A vivid patchwork of greens intermingled with vases and shrubs that squared off around a large outdoor pool, recently drained. The last place she ever saw him. A fresh tear rose to her eye at the memory, and she placed the coffee down. It had been a rough 24 hours for Sarah. In fact, she couldn't believe how bad her luck had really turned. After a whirlwind few months in which everything seemed to go Sarah's way, a motherload of money, the mortgage of her dream home, her promotions at work, meeting Greg, the love of her life, followed by marriage, it was almost laughable how quickly the tide had turned and she was drowning in this sea of pain. Sarah walked into the kitchen with a rumbling stomach. How long had it been since she'd eaten? She couldn't remember probably before the incident. Newspapers were piled high near the doorstep. The sink was grubby and stank of rotten food. There were still scorch marks on the walls. 
Next to the oven, she looked longingly at the dog bowl, which no longer needed her attention. She opened the fridge door, fancying the look of oatmeal that sat on the third shelf down, but instead found herself with a ham sandwich. She swallowed it down greedily, leaving the crumb-speckled plate to balance with the others on the table. It had been like that over the last few days. Decisions weren't coming as easy as they once had. One moment she found herself desperate for the toilet, the next she was draining three cups of coffee and jumping on the bed. Simple things gone awry. She wondered if perhaps her memory was glitching, or perhaps it was just the stress that life was throwing her way. At some point, she supposed she should clean. Just grab a sponge and get scrubbing. Scrub, scrub till all the walls gleamed and shone as they once did. It would take a hell of a lot of work to remove the smell of ash and soot, but it would be a start at least. A stepping stone on the road to recovery. If she could still afford it, she could have at least enlisted the help of Esmeralda, her maid, to accompany her. But she left when the funds dried up. Not even so much as a note to say, see ya. There was a knock at the door. Sarah wanted to ignore it, to tell the world to leave her alone for just one day. But the knock came again. Louder now. She opened the door and felt her stomach drop. (coughs) Two boys in blue overalls, the words repo etched across their chest. Before Sarah could address the pair, they shouldered their way into the house and beelined for various items of furniture. It only took a few minutes to remove her bed, her shower, her radio and the oven. The last one she was thankful for. She had no idea how she was going to repair and remove it anyway. But the rest seemed an odd selection to make up the amount in unpaid bills that were presumably hidden amongst the paper tower by her door. They left without so much as a goodbye. Around mid-afternoon, Sarah found herself sat at the edge of the pool, something she'd often do in the hours she got to herself before Greg came home. Now though, with no water to cool her feet in, the action felt somewhat hollow. Greg, she mumbled, feeling her lip quiver. The tear rolled down her cheek and dropped into the pool's dry bottom. She thought back to yesterday, trying to make sense of it all trying to work out at what point Greg's life had ended and her misery had begun. Sarah had come home from work at the usual time, around 3pm. Hers was an early rise job, delivering packages around the neighbourhood. Greg had come home an hour or so later, exhausted, tired, sweaty. He'd wanted a swim. He'd kissed Sarah, plodded outside. And the next thing she knew, she heard his screams. Her attention had immediately left preparation of her food and she had every intention of going out to see what was happening. But the instant that she had taken a step away from the worktop, something seemed to take over, compelling her back to her duties. The same as her toilet and drink fluctuations, only on a much direr scale. The memory of Greg slipping away and melting back into the serene state of cooking. Greg screamed again. Sarah turned, remembering what was happening, then found that after another step, her attention had snapped back to cooking. 
This had gone on for several repeats of play before Greg's screams stopped. It was then only after Sarah had set the table, mind washed of all knowledge that Greg had been in any trouble, that she went outside to look for him. It had taken a few seconds to realise that Greg was not in the pool, swimming and splashing, being the goofball that he always was. And a few more seconds to notice that the pool had emptied of all water. Not only that, but the ladder that allowed access in and out of the pool had vanished completely. Not a mark in sight of where it had once been. As she scoured her garden for any sign of Greg, she could have sworn she saw the trails of a black cloak disappearing around her fence. Sarah wiped her eyes and headed back indoors. As the door shut behind her, she heard the sound of something odd. A child laughing. She looked back, expecting to see someone there, but found no one. The rest of her day passed in unaware monotony. Sarah zoned out, letting her free will choose what it may for her to do. There was no point in calling in sick for work. She'd already missed that deadline, knew that the voicemail waiting on her landlord was likely her boss confirming that her time at Parcel Text was over. There was no point in exercising. Look where that led Greg. So mostly, she sat on the sofa in the living room, staring at the black TV screen. The smell of the remnants of the fire that took Sparky the Retriever filling her nostrils. The oven that caught a light as if from nowhere, evaporating Sarah's tears as she attempted to cook food in the wake of her husband's death. It was all too much. She looked at the clock on the wall, finding that it was near evening time and she had yet to move from her spot on the sofa. Did she need a wee? Sure. Was she starving? You betcha. Did she stink? She had no idea. No smell rose above the ashen stench. But would she get up and take care of those things? Ordinarily, the answer would be a simple yes. However, today she just couldn't bring herself to do it. To walk around and do the mundane tasks that make a person human. of some distant thing. A thunderclap laugh. What am I doing? Sarah scolded. Here I am, reaching my middle ages, childless, now husbandless too, and I'm sat in a puddle of my own piss without any motivation to do anything. What kind of life is that, Sarah? She raised her hands to the sky and cried in frustration. The thunderclouds laughed in response. Maybe the dog had fried. Maybe her husband had drowned or disappeared. Maybe there was a certain someone following Sarah around and creating tragedy with every move she made. But did that mean she had to let herself go? To fall victim to the bad luck god? No, it didn't. 
She stood up sharply, incentivized to shower, change, and at least try to get a good night's rest. But when she reached the doorway for the bathroom, the thing disappeared before her eyes. It wasn't even an instant fate. It was there moments before her fingers flexed. Then it was gone. Sarah's stomach dropped. She stroked the wall and knocked to see if her eyes were playing tricks on her. But the wall was still just a wall. She turned, seeing the other door on the far side of the room, sprinted over, grabbed the handle and opened it as quickly as she could. Her hand flew to her mouth as she entered the kitchen stink which offended her senses again. Oh God. To her left was the door to her bedroom, complete with ensuite. She charged for the door only to find it disappear like the one in the living room. What the hell is going on? She wondered, spinning wildly on the spot. The kitchen blurred in her vision around her, and with each rotation, another item disappeared. First the door to the living room, then the front door. Goodbye windows! When she stopped, she doubled over and threw up into Sparky's bowl. An insane image of the dog bounding hungrily back and lapping at its contents made her laugh, bile snorting out from her nose. Not that she'd see it now. With all the doorways and windows gone, she found herself in total darkness. Of course, having lived in the house for a couple of years now, she knew the layout like the back of her hand. This here was the fridge, complete with inside light. Oh, the power was off too. Great. Next to the fridge was a work surface with coffee pot and microwave. Continue running hands along and there should be a gap where the oven had been before the repo meant. But there wasn't a gap. No siree. Where the wide space should have been there was something else. A smooth something. A cold something. Sarah ran fingers across its surface feeling glass and dials. Along its front were long, wide handles that opened out and revealed whatever would have gone inside. I must be going mad. This is an oven. A new oven? Something clicked. The lights flashed once and for half a second Sarah saw the gleaming black appliance snugly fitted in the place where her previous burned-out oven had been. Another flash of lights and Sarah screamed. Standing in the corner, she swore she saw the demented face of someone clothed in black. Death was waiting his turn to collect his next victim. The kid in the sky snorted with laughter. The voice booming and shaking the house. Sarah fell to the floor and curled up in a ball. Game over. The voice from the heavens boomed. Plumber, chumba, plorbean! Sarah shouted at the sky. Suddenly a light appeared. A small red ring lighting up on the oven top. It started as an ember before glowing violently red. A few seconds later, as Sarah's eyes streamed with tears, the ember burst into flame. Within five minutes, it was a bonfire. Death waited patiently as his programming had forced upon him. He watched as Sarah's skin turned to liquid, 
dripping wax drops onto the linoleum floor. He heard the sounds of sirens and chuckled, knowing there was no way they would get in to find her body. And besides, death would be long gone by then. There would be no investigation into Sarah's death. There would be no inquiry. Death looked up at the open roof of the house and into the little boy's eyes in the sky. He was the real master here, the real merchant of death. Only Damien could control the fates of 3,000 Sims that lived in Paradise Hollow. It was all only just a click away. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Simulation was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Harry Dobby, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Nikolai Hyde Music and Tom Robson. If you're a fan of The Other Stories theme music, and some of the tracks have underscored some of your favourite episodes, then you may be pleased to know that Tom Robson has put some of his favourite tracks together and has released them all on a wonderful little album called The Other Songs. You can grab this hauntingly spectacular bundle of joy from hyperurl.co forward slash other songs. That's hyperurl.co forward slash other songs. Or go to the show notes and click on the link. Until next time.